Welcome to the Tejas Law PLLC podcast and video blog. This show is brought to you by Tejas Law PLLC, a defendant's law firm guiding you to a new beginning. You can email us at service at tejaslaw.com or find us at www.tejaslaw.com. Warning. This show contains live recorded footage. Parental guidance, although not generally necessary, is suggested. All right, welcome to the Teach Us Law Show, where the topics are random, the jokes don't make sense, and your host may not be coherent. Every show is comprised of a 22-minute segment, which revolves around a topic drawn randomly from a hat of legal topics. Each guest is given one week to prepare, and we use a rapid-fire method of discussion. Hello, Carla. How are you? Good. How are you? What did you have for lunch today? Uh, I had the Indian ramen noodles. Those weren't Indian ramen oh. noodles. Those were Japanese-slash-Korean ramen noodles. So I have a friend in New Jersey who owns a um, business, and his company makes all kinds of weird things, um, barbecue grills and so on. And he recently started making um, edible edible items, not like pot stuff, but actual <laughs> edible items. So with that being said, he made a uh, vegetarian ramen, uh, freeze-dried ramen, which you just put hot water in, and it's completely vegan. Um, and um, so I brought some in for a sample for the staff. Um, with that being said, this is the Teachers Law Show. My name is Sahil Patel. We have uh, Carla. Carla, what was your last name again? Castillo. Castillo, yes. Uh, on the mic with us as our co-host, and we have a very special guest. Um, my dear friend um, from Barry University, why don't you give us a quick one-sentence summary, your name, where you're from. We don't want to go into details just yet, but let's just throw out your name. Okay, I'm Chelsea Davis. Well, I'll be Chelsea Davis Vereen in three weeks. I'm getting married to my high school sweetheart, and I'm from Orlando, Florida. And that rumble in the background was actual thunder. We are recording this uh, during a thunderstorm. Um, I, I've always been a fan of fancy cars. I've had Audis, Benzes, Lexuses, all that cool stuff. Um, but when I moved to Orlando, I decided to get myself a uh, Toyota Camry, a brand new Toyota Camry. And so I, I leased a vehicle, and everything was fine and dandy, and I decided to move downtown. I literally live three blocks away. So um, I decided then that my, when my lease was up, I would get rid of the vehicle, and um, I got myself a little electric scooter. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. It sounds hilarious. Uh, and today just happens to be a day that I brought my electric scooter with me. And it's raining, so I will have to call my wife to come rescue me, <laughs> because I um, probably should not be riding my little electric scooter in the rain. No. Um, yes. <laughs> you should see him while he's riding it. I yeah. gotta see it now. I gotta come here and just. I gotta come in the morning to you see, need to see you it. on this scooter. It's downstairs. It's 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 downstairs. Um, but it is a really fast electric scooter. I had to go to city hall this afternoon just to drop off something, um, and I got there in three minutes, and I got back in three minutes. That that was that damn thing was fast. Um, my younger brother's uh, a doctor in New Jersey. He tells me I should wear a, a helmet, but obviously I don't. Um, kids, if you're listening, wear a damn helmet. Um, all right, so Chelsea Kiara Davis is a dear friend of mine. We went to law school together. We fought the same battles. She graduated with me, um, took the Tennessee bar. Tennessee bar, passed a darn thing, practiced. Um, I will stop there and let her give you a brief biography about herself. Three minutes maximum. Tell us about yourself. 
Um, like you said, you know, I'm from Orlando. We went to Barry University together. I just fell in love with bankruptcy, and that's what really got me going. I was contemplating whether to take the Florida bar or the Tennessee bar, but my fiance, he went to UT, Vols, you know, go Vols. And so it was just easier for him to get a job in Tennessee. I'm like, okay, well, let's just move to Tennessee. I took the bar in Tennessee, passed it, and then I started working at a bankruptcy firm. And, you know, we'll get into the bankruptcy firm later, but Tennessee was an interesting experience because I lived in Florida my whole life. Even though I've traveled around the world, I've never really fully lived somewhere for a long period of time. So being in, the ten- in Tennessee was like a blessing in disguise. I was able to see more people, experience seasons. Like I saw snow for the first time, wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was good. And I definitely learned a lot about myself. So I always tell people, like, if you can move out of your hometown, just for a little, like, it, it's probably going to be terrible. It, it might be, like, worse, but it does end up helping you, and you meet new people, and you just see, like, a different side of the United States versus, like, in your state. Agreed. Is it me, or is there music in the background? There's music in the background. There is, right? Music I think music. the Alexa behind Chelsea is on. Alexa, stop. And just like that, the music stopped. You know what's... Oh, no, no it didn't. I still hear it. Yeah, that's crazy. Alexa said, nah, I'm running this show. Okay, so we were going to continue because I will... I don't generally edit this stuff, but we can add noise canceling at the end of this podcast. So I'm I promise our listeners... I'm pretty sure off. it's coming from the, from the, from the main office area. Mm. Um, all right, so Chelsea, why bankruptcy? Why did you choose to go into bankruptcy? I feel like bankruptcy kind of chose me because one year I was like, okay, I want to do contracts. That's what I want to go to school for. I suck at contracts. Like I just <laughs> suck at formation. That's just not my area. And then I'm like, okay, well, I know I don't want to be a criminal defense attorney. I know I don't want to do family law. I'm like, but I like money and I like corporations. How can I make that work? Found bankruptcy. I fell in love with it. I'm like, oh, this is code based. Oh, this is my expertise. And that's how I really got into bankruptcy. I always tell like law students, like even if you want to go into one area of law, what you think you might know about the law versus what you learn in law school is two completely different things. So you definitely need to have an open mind about what type of area you want to choose. Because if, if someone would ask me like when I was at UCF, if I was going to practice bankruptcy, like, no, what's bankruptcy? No, but I love it. So. We had a common denominator in law school. I myself fell in love with bankruptcy, just, just, just as you have. Um, and, and that common denominator was a specific professor, Dr. Linda Coco. Would you say your initial bug for bankruptcy started with her and her teachings or from something else? I want to say it was from her because even when I would go to like different ABA conventions, the people who I would meet, they were similar to uh, Professor Coco. I don't know. I think you just have to be like a slightly quirky person to be into bankruptcy. And I just really did fall in love with her teaching skills. She's so relaxed. And, she is quirky. And she's quirky, but th- that's bankruptcy attorneys. Yeah. Most of them are quirky. You go to a bankruptcy seminar, they're a little quirky. But I like that because it's such a unique area of law and you kind of have to be a little bit quirky, even though it's code-based, you would think that the attorneys are so, like, rigid, but it's the opposite. They're so carefree 
and just full of life. And I really do like that, especially with Coco. So it's just like, okay, well, she's living her best life practicing bankruptcy. It must be fun. So um, I, I, I want to discuss something very dear and important to me that has been kind of, and that's, that's, that's the thunder right there, that's been <laughs> juggling around in my mind for almost, almost a decade now. And um, those who know me well will understand what I'm saying. And, and I want to get your expertise because clearly you're a smart person. So, so here we go. Um, when you have a... Well, let me rephrase this. You know what a goose is. Yes. Correct? What is a geese? Multiple gooses. Okay. So then why don't, why don't we just call them gooses if there's more than one? So here's, here's, here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this. I propose that we change things from now on. A male goose, singular, is goose. A male goose that's plural, so multiple gooses, will be known from now on as gooses. Female goose will be known as a geese. And multiple female geeses will be known as, just like I said, geeses. Do, do you understand? I'll repeat that one more time. One goose is a goose. Multiple gooses, gooses. But if it's females, it'll be, there's the uh, thunder again. Uh, it'll be geese for singular, geeses for multiple female geeses. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it makes sense. And it's funny that you mention it because me and my fiance, we always go back with like the words in English, like, okay, why is goose one, but then multiple is geeses? That doesn't make any sense. They're two different things. But a lot of other languages, they have male, female. I, I mean, I like it. It would be less confusing. Okay. All right. Carla, thoughts? So basically, you're trying to change the English The language. language. Exactly. That's exactly. I'm a That's pioneer. That's something that you would do, yes. Yes. Um, but this one does make sense. See? Apparently, so you, so I, I just want to clarify. You are agreeing. For the with, first time, yes. For the first time, with what I'm saying. <laughs> so there you have it, our listeners. From now on. Male goose, goose, yes. Multiple gooses. Uh, if it's a singular female, then it's geese. If it's multiple females, it's geeses. Go on, spread the word. <laughs> For me at Barry University, the School of Law, my favorite professor, I, I've, I've had numerous favorite professors, but the one who really stands out for me has always been Dr. Linda Coco. Now, I'm... I'm under the impression that if I ask that question really to any of my friends who are in the bankruptcy industry, all of them will essentially say the same thing. Besides Linda Coco, who is your favorite professor? Professor Leacock. Okay. Like, a lot of people think that he's hard, but I feel like he was, besides Professor Coco, like, one of the best professors. He taught you how to actually argue, how to talk to people, how to present yourself you know, in a court of law, like, there's no life, there's no this and that. He wanted you to know straight to the point. And to this day, part of the reason why I passed the bar exam was from him. I mean, we had a corporation's essay prompt. And when we had the break, I heard people like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know they was going to ask all those, those questions with corporations. Uh-huh, see, I know corporations up, down, partnerships, so I know everything. And he real deal helped me pass the bar because had I not taken him, I wouldn't have known so much in corporations. I didn't even have to study that much for the bar exam for that part just because he taught 
so much and he went into details like i said his test was hard it's probably one of the hardest tests i took at barry but it prepared me for the bar exam and i feel like so many times especially like this new new generation of law students they want things easy but in the legal world it's not easy and especially if you're someone of color you need to have stricter you need to be harder so that when you get into practice nothing's gonna phase you and i feel like he really prepared you for the real world okay um i agree with you a little bit yes leacock um i had him for contracts i wish i had him for business works my current i should say my business works professor um was fantastic don't get me wrong probably one of the best in the state um but i had leacock um, for my 1L contracts, and the way his teaching style is, it's it's almost like out of a movie, and um, his hard-hitting way of teaching you really gets to you, um, and I, I wish I had that for business orgs as well. Um, I ended up doing well in both classes, um, but Leacock has this way of just really taking things to the next level. Now, um, was law school what you expected? Hmm. Yes and no. I felt like one all year it was kind of like how I expected. I was definitely really tired. My eyesight changed. I mean, towards the end of second semester one all year, I couldn't see the board anymore. So I will say that one all year was, but as far as two to three year, two to three L year, not so much. I felt like there wasn't really too much guidance. I guess you could do whatever you want. I still feel like law school should be two years, two point five years, and no, there's no need for it to be three years. Um, I think that people try to make law school like this really hard demon, but once you get past one oh year, it's pretty much smooth sailing. Okay. I I definitely agree with you. Yes, law school was fairly difficult the first year. Second year so second year was hard, third year was, was so so. But the the way I've been told about this is that your one L year they work you to death, your second year they scare you to death, and the third year they bore you to death. Would you kind of agree with that sentiment? I would agree with that. 2 year, the only class that was really hard for me was uh, con law. But I, I do agree with that because 2 year, they try to scare you that the, that the bar exam is such this big demon, but they also don't tell you all the ins and outs of the bar exam once you actually are admitted like what you have to do like i didn't know that you can't just stop being an attorney like i didn't know that you basically signed a contract with the devil and you're an attorney if, at least until 15 years otherwise you have to give up your license and you can't practice anywhere they at least for barry did not tell you that two a year they did not tell you that one a year they did not tell you that three a year until you actually go into practice you're like oh well, oh my gosh like i'm actually in this forever yeah yeah Carla, thoughts? <laughs> Sounds scary. It is. It is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, law school for me was kind of out of left field. I, I didn't expect to really make it through law school. Um, I thought I would come to Florida, go to law school for a semester or two, get kicked out, and then go to Disney World for the rest of my life. <laughs> Somehow it worked out, and you know, here I am. Um, Chelsea, what advice would you give to somebody who's starting law school? So I, I'm actually a mentor with UCF and I actually have a mentee and I've been really going back and forth with her. I always tell them like, pick a law school where that's the state you want to practice in. Even though you can, you know, take the bar somewhere else, there's certain states that really care about that. Like in Tennessee, 
it's, it's that important. Like I had a friend, she went to Notre Dame and it was hard for her to find a job because she didn't go to law school in Tennessee. And mind you, that's a really good law school. So I always try to tell people that, you know, try to go to a school in the state that you want to practice at. And that'll make things easier. Don't worry about ranking because you can go to a top tier law school and still not have a job. Or you can go to a, you know, bottom tier law school, not get a job. Or you can go to a bottom tier law school and a top tier law school. You guys both pass the bar. You guys both fail the bar. The law school ranking doesn't have really any ability as how you're going to be an attorney or how you're going to practice or how you're going to pass the bar. It's more so as what clinics do they have? Like, I think clinics are really important. What type of programs they have, like ways that you can grow and not look at the school's name and status, because just because it's a good school doesn't mean that they care about their students. Okay. Have you heard our podcast before? I've heard pieces of it. But when the podcast was going on, I was moving and stuff. So, so you don't really understand how the whole craziness behind no. the scenes. It's a good song in the background, by the way. Um, <laughs> there is a very famous artist. Um, you might have heard of her. Her name is Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> Carla knows where this is going. Um, Chelsea has no idea. So, um, can we just make sure that that Alexa behind you is not working? Is that correct? Hold on. Someone out there. Okay. Can we shut that, shut that off? Just, just yell and say, Alexa, shut up. I'm sorry to our listeners who, um, whose Alexa's just shut up. (laughs) 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 All right. So, um, we're going to wait just 10 seconds for Carter to come back. Um, the Michael Bublé music in the background is gone. A great artist, but... Is that talking... who that was? That was Michael Bublé, yeah. Oh, wow. I've never actually heard him. I always just see him on the commercials, and I'm like, who is this guy? He's but... a great, great singer. Um, so back to, back to our other artist, Cardi B. Um, have you heard of her music? Of course. She <laughs> recently made a song with another artist, um, something about a horse, uh, Megan, Megan Stallion. Megan Stallion? Yes. That's my dog. Yes, Megan Thee Stallion. And I assume Stallion is some sort of metaphor for horse um i grew up listening to hip-hop jay-z biggie nas all that like i call it real hip-hop i can you know with my eyes closed and again this is my opinion Uh, i know hip-hop nowadays is different and everyone's got their own opinion i can quote biggie lines and jay-z lines and i mean that's that's the music that i listen to when i go for my 5k walks i go for 5k walks every day um that's you my do. stuff. I do, yeah. But you from up north, though, so that makes sense yes. why those are your artists. Yes, yes. But, so, apparently this day and age, everyone is infatuated with Cardi B. So she came out with a song recently with this Megan Thee Stallion woman um, called WAP. W-A-P. I don't want to go into the details of the title of the song, but I have some concerns and I'd like to get your thoughts on them. And Carla, jump in at any point that you want. Both ladies are looking at me like I'm crazy right now. <laughs> so here's, here's, what I, here's where I want to go with this. Cardi B says in her song, WAP, W-A-P, Big D stand for Big Demeanor. I'll repeat it one more time. 
she says big D stand for big demeanor. Chelsea, do you think she's telling the truth? <laughs> I don't want to go into the, I don't want to I don't want to go into the whole sexual connotation here, but do you really think that when she's saying big D stands for big demeanor, she's actually meaning that big D stands for big demeanor? I really think she does cuz if I mean I follow Cardi B for a long time now and she's done so much like as a pioneer i really do believe that that's what she means but also the sexual reference to you know a double innuendo and i i, I love the song but <laughs> <laughs> um i do think that's what she was talking about okay i, I can i can understand that yeah that, that makes perfect sense thank you for explaining that call thoughts oh i like that song I do have a question. There's a big, I guess, controversy going on about Cardi B. She's now going through a divorce. Yes. And people are wondering, is she do it? Did she did she make the song before she knew she was gonna go through a divorce, or did she throw the song? Did she throw the song out there because she's gonna get a divorce and she wants to let him know what she got going on, or was does the song have nothing to do with her divorce? So, in my opinion, I think the song was written. A long time ago. I do too. I, I would say probably six months prior to... So, so the way... A lot of people don't realize this, but most artists don't even write their own lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, Dr. Dre's uh, Chronic album, many of the songs were written by Jay-Z, Sean Carter, which is crazy because you would think that Dr. Dre being as big of an artist as he is and would have to hire somebody else, but you just have to realize as an artist when there's somebody better. And in this case, Sean Carter, Jay-Z, was, was better, so he wrote some of the songs for the... The chronic album in this case it's very similar it could be quite possible that cardi b had a ghostwriter write this and, and there's nothing against her for that you know it is what it is um and that she spent some time editing it i know many artists that do that they will buy a, a track buy a song mm-hmm. um just like they bar just like they buy beats um and they will spend some months editing it and the song will see the day of, you know day of light at some point or, or not it really depends on the situation and especially with her i mean she has like different people write songs because I know when I went to UCF, I know a guy his name is Derek Milano. He's wrote bits and pieces for Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B, like this like small little courses and stuff. So I I wish you I believe that this song was written six months. It could have been written a year ago, and they just went out. A lot of artists don't really write their songs and post it immediately. I mean, you've got some artists they'll write a song, they'll post it, and if it's three years, they wrote it three years ago, recorded it two years ago. But I think it was before, but if you kind of look into it, like she was, you know, there's rumors of infidelity. I think that she wrote the song still, you know, in the back of her mind, like, okay, you know, I hope you know, you know, don't mess up again because you didn't already make me a fool once. I'm not going to do that again twice. And I think it was kind of like both. Like she wrote it before, but also we, we don't really know what their relationship is. He probably was doing some stuff. So was he? That's what I was trying to get at. Is that, was he being... Uh, you know, that's what the streets are saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Okay, why would you cheat on a woman as beautiful as Cardi B? Right? That's why crazy. would you cheat, period? Like, that's I true. Actually, actually, I I agree with that. That's crazy. Um, but you know, to each their own. Whatever. I I do have a couple of more questions regarding this very famous song. Um, Cardi B says in in a different part of the song, and I'll repeat this twice. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. And I'll say it one more time. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. Besides sex, how else do you think she got the ring? I mean, her personality, what she brings to the table, like how she can better 
um, her man. Like, there's more things that you can bring besides cooking clean. Like, I cook, but I, I'm like Cardi. I don't clean. My fiance, he cleans, and that's a big man. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to cook for you and clean for you. You can get a servant for that. But I do feel like, you know, women bring a lot to the table. Like, a good woman helps a man. And a man needs a good woman in order for them both to succeed together. So I feel like she brings a lot to the table besides sex. And I think a lot of women bring a lot more to the table than sex. And we shouldn't just be, oh, you got to cook, you got to clean and get a ring. Like, no, there's so many things that women bring besides that. I agree 100%. It's it's crazy. She's a great mother. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny you say that because you can make all the jokes you want about her being a stripper and... um, I mean, I'm from the Northeast, so I, I know where she's stripped. I mean, I, I've mm-hmm. uh, I've been to that strip. Visited. <laughs> I visited, visited it. Um, and so um, I, I didn't see her there, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, for 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 the media to take on that role that she played, because technically she was basically a businesswoman. That, that's really what she was. Yes. Um, she was a very smart businesswoman who used her body to make as much money as possible to, to go on to the next big thing. But people still pinpoint the fact that she's a sexual object. I'm, I'm not cool with that, but the media is what it is. Um, I've got I've got two more quick questions regarding this song. Um, Cardi B says, "Let's role play. I wear a disguise." I'll repeat it one more time. Let's role play. I wear a disguise. What kind of disguise do you think she wears? You think you think she's like a nurse? Okay, okay, a nurse. <laughs> I was gonna say like clown, a spy. Um, you think she ever dress up dresses up like the first female president? I mean, if that's mm. what her future ex-husband liked, then... So that, that's, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to get out of you. Why do you think she has to dress up to impress this husband? Well, the way that he cheats, maybe <laughs> he likes different women. I mean, there, there's, there's really some guys but that... why just... should a female do certain things to just satisfy... Because I, I guess what I'm saying is this guy was... If he was cheating, he was going around sleeping with multiple women... Or multiple guys, or whatever the heck he was doing, but it, it it doesn't seem like it was emotional. It was just physical. So, was it because of the fact that maybe he's visually excited, and that maybe Cardi B's not visually exciting him? And if that's the case, I don't think she needs to do that. I, I just find it very. I've always been pro-feminist, so the way I feel is like a woman should what not have to go. What is she doing it for herself? Yeah. And and, and I hope that's the case, but it doesn't seem like that is you the know, case. You know, some women like to dress up and. And I'm all for that. I agree with that 100%. What if she's, you know, just wanted to do it so it gives him, like, a want to dress up too? Okay. Do you think he's the type of person to... Who is this guy again? I forget his name. Offset. That can't be his real name. Oh, I don't know. His His real name is basically like a spell book too. Okay. Uh, Uh, We'll go by Offset. (laughs) Okay. Um, Is he like a rapper or something? Yeah. You don't know Migos? I know Migos. He's in Amigos. The, the, the Alphabet Boys. Yeah, he's in Amigos. those guys. I know those guys. Um, okay. All right. Um, do you think he dresses up? I don't know. He already dresses up in the public the way he be dressing sometimes. Okay. I'm not sure. Offset, he's kind of, he's a little more reserved. Like, if, if this was Quavo, I'd be like, yeah, he probably dresses up. But I don't know who that is, but okay. He's part of the Migos. Okay, whatever. It's Offset, Quavo, and Takeoff. Okay. <laughs> They're Why Atlanta. These guys have normal names like you know, Nas or Jay Z or 
back in the day, they probably didn't think those Notorious things were normal. B.I.G. <laughs> but the name is, I mean, you're in a new age of social media. That's so. true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I take that back. You're, you're 100% right. Um, okay. I have just, I know I said I had just a few more questions, but I actually have just two more questions regarding this. <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to get back to what we were really supposed to be talking about. <laughs> um, but as an attorney, we know that we can't just go around saying that we're certified and specialists. We have to actually be certified by an organization. Carla's laughing because she knows where this is going. <laughs> so, like, for example, if you are a patent attorney, you can't just go around saying I'm a patent attorney. You have to actually be barred as a patent attorney. Um, you have to, you know, if you're an admiral certified attorney, you know, for boats or whatever it is, you can't just go around saying you're one. You have to actually be certified in that. In that. So basically on your business card, you have to actually, if you say certified, you have to have an actual certification from a um, approved agency. Cardi B says that she's a certified freak. What agency do you think certified her? <laughs> Herself. The streets. <laughs> because as an attorney, we can't go around saying that. I'm sure you, you took the MPRE and you, you know that. Um, but for those who don't know, the MPRE is a, a, an ethics exam that every state has. Um, so you, we can't just go around saying that we're certified freaks, but she can. And I suspect she has some sort of certifying agency. We just don't know about that. Because as an attorney, I'd like to put on there a certified freak too. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but I don't think that's going to work. All right, let's skip that one. I have one final question about this whole Cardi B situation. Cardi B slash Megan the Stallion situation. In court, when you talk to the judge, when you say something to the judge, we generally start off the conversations. Um, whether we're addressing the court in general or jury, whatever it might be, may it please the court. Um, Carla may not notice, but that's generally the, the opening statement that you would start off with when you're really addressing any sort of a, a board like that. Um, funny story. The first time I ever did that in my oral argument, I said, may I please the court? And everybody <laughs> laughed, and I had no idea what I was, why everybody was laughing, but then I realized that I said, may I please the court, as opposed to may it please the court. All right, that's not the reason why I bring this up. I'm bringing this up because... If a lawyer went into court and said, and these are the lyrics that Cardi B says, I'm going to say it in the way Cardi B says, I'm going to use a bad word, but we have a disclaimer before this, so if your kids close your ears. See, she says, your honor, I'm a freak bitch, handcuffs and leashes. Do you think the judge would hold her in contempt? <laughs> Depending on which judge, probably. <laughs> so, so, Carla, um, when you uh, are in court, you, you definitely don't want to say that. Um, but there's generally something called contempt, where if you do something stupid in court, um, if you're even disrespectful in some way or manner, the judge has a way of holding you in contempt. It's basically just a way of saying, you know, slap on the wrist, you did something wrong, we're going to penalize you. So if I, if I was an attorney and I went to court and I said, your Honor, I'm a freak bitch, handcuffs and leashes. I'm probably going to jail. But if she did it in court, I wanted to bet that she would not go to jail. What do you think? You think so? Hmm. Oh, if she did it. Yeah. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I highly doubt it. I mean, wasn't she, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't she on house arrest once and flew all the way to Miami? Yeah, she okay. she was on house arrest at some point and did fly to Miami. To do videos? That's true, yeah. Well, you know, when you're a celebrity, you have... I'm disagreeing. I have no idea. Special oh, okay, treatment. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that they would just be like, eh, you know, that's not a place of time. Because I've seen... That's just like when Gucci Man said... When he said, when he was in court... Who's Gucci Man? <laughs> you need to you need to get these Atlanta rappers. So I, I did I did hear about this one new rapper. He's got like the Skittles mouth. Oh, that's six nine. But this Gucci man, this happened like a long time ago. Yeah, he well, I hate that for... guy. Whoever the hell he is. Oh yeah, that's six nine. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the snitch. Now that's that's someone different. Okay, whatever he is, I don't know who he is. I don't know, care about his music. I heard one song and he's just yelling at everybody. I don't know why, but whatever. Everybody's got their own, I guess, taste in music. Um, Chelsea, you recently decided that you wanted to take a temporary leave of absence from the legal industry, correct? Yes. I don't want to know the details of why, but what are you going to do now? Um, you know, right now I'm like really focused on my cooking business. Like that's my passion. I never saw myself being an attorney like long term. That's not what my goal was. Like, you know, I'm not saying for anyone else, you know, if you love being an attorney, do it. But I never just saw my identity as an attorney. I, I like to create and with cooking, I'm able to experiment. I'm able to actually create something that's mine that someone else can't do. And I feel like God really gave me that talent. And I'm going to go back to law and I'm always going to still be barred. But cooking is my passion and that's just a new adventure I'm going through. Okay. Um. So this, this cooking venture of yours, are you like a personal chef? or Tell us more about it. So eventually the goal is to have a restaurant. Um, I'm in culinary school right now, so I'm actually... Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm you actually really excited. Um, yeah, I just started in August. I mean, it worked out pretty good. I didn't have to pay for it. I'm actually getting paid to do it, so it worked out really nice. Um, right now I'm going to start doing, like, you know, small dinner parties or if it's nothing too big, nothing more than, like, 50 people, pop-up shops. I'm going to try to start going into the farmer's market and working my way there before I open up like a restaurant because you know when you start a new business a lot of times businesses fail in the yeah. first years and, and yeah. I'm not going through that so I'm like okay let me start off small because that's what I was doing in Tennessee I started off really small found that okay I can make a profit let me move to Orlando let me you know expand it see how the market is because I I cook Korean food and at first I'm like wow this might be a lot of teaching but now I've seen a lot of I go to the grocery store I see Korean barbecue so now it's not as much as a um, education is more so try my Korean fusion food and now it's getting a little bit more exciting. Okay. So yeah, when that's... are you going to bring us some? <laughs> well, when I'm finished unpacking, I will definitely bring some because I have some new things that I need to try and I'm trying to really work on doing some vegetarian options, especially now, you know, a lot of people are plant-based and mm. vegan and I love meat. So I'm trying to work with people who especially who are like vegan and gluten because i don't know what meat substitute supposed to taste like and so trust me i'm you get some I stuff get after the wedding <laughs> i will drop by and bring some stuff after the wedding by the way chelsea's getting married in a couple of weeks i heard three, yes. three weeks right you said 10 10 20 yep 10 10 20 congratulations thank you i uh my, my i was booking some flights um today because i have a bunch of credits and it just happens at 10 10 that weekend um the rates are outrageously cheap. 
But I was like, nope, I'm going to Chelsea's wedding. Matthew's still coming, right? Yes. Because I know the last one he was like acting like a weirdo and was like, oh, I may not be able to come. Yeah, I was like, oh, just yeah. let you know. Matthew's yeah. a friend of ours. Um, so I'm not going to pull a Matthew. I'm going to obviously be there. I will <laughs> definitely, definitely be there. Um, what are your thoughts on the current state of the legal industry? I feel like the current state needs to change because, you know, we're going through so much, you know, racial injustice. And as far as black people, it's only 5% of us are attorneys. There was a story, maybe I read about like a month or two months ago. It was a male. I think he lived in Tennessee. I'm not 100% sure, but he had long dreads, dreadlocks. And I guess the firm that he was at didn't approve of his hair. And he left that firm trying to keep trying to get a different job. But he's a male with these long locks. He couldn't find a job. So he ended up opening up his own firm. And I've seen a lot of times where black people, we can't be in a firm or we're only, there's only one of us, there's only two of us, and we have to start our own firm. There's no programs in law schools where they're teaching you about, you know, racial injustice, like how to do biases. These judges, you know, you've got more blacks and people of color getting, going to jail a lot higher than someone who's white and the industry needs to change and it can't change until we actually start educating. We've got judges, lifetime tenures that's been there, but they still have these racist tendencies, especially being in Tennessee. I mean, they have a holiday for a general that was in the um, civil war. Like that should be no such thing. Like they're literally trying to advocate why his statue needs to be downtown Nashville instead of removing it they're trying to say that oh you know it's the history who's history because yeah. there's a lot of people who died for that and you guys are fighting for and just you, you know you want to keep slaves why are we keeping that just like in germany you don't see them having adult hitler and yeah, Hol- you don't you don't see that so why in america it's just so bad and you've got so many you know blacks and people of color wanting change and the legal role is kind of like trying to stay silent but it's it's primarily their problem. I mean, if we didn't have all these killings and stuff, and when you try to go to court, nothing happens, or if a black person, you know, they rob something, they're getting 10 years versus, and that's not even the case. They shouldn't even have to go to jail, or even if it's drug cases, you know, send them to rehab. Don't send them to jail, or especially marijuana. You've got all these people selling marijuana, but yet there's so many people of color in jail. Yeah, I, I agree. The system is... Um, I mean, it is what it is, but there, there's definitely room for improvement. Um, and I think the newer generation of attorneys, folks like me and you, um, and hopefully Carla one day, hopefully we're going to get her to get her doctorate as well, um, will progress into changing that system. But unfortunately, with really anything that's amazing, it takes time. And unfortunately, time is just something we don't really have. And, and I agree with you. There's so many people who go in for misdemeanors, especially in the inner city where, you know, you've, you've got color, color folks, black, brown, whatever. Um, and they, they come out and they're just angry at the system that they revolt and get right back into it. And then, you know, next time around, it's not a misdemeanor. It's something even more. And so really the system is designed, unfortunately, in many cases um, to just keep you in that same cycle. Um, it could be a combination of lack of education, um, lack of system management, lack of finances. But uh, there has to be some sort of revolution. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I, I think the, the only thing I can really say about that is that the vote is happening. Somebody needs to go out there, do something. Whatever you stand for, go out there and vote. 
Chelsea, what is your favorite thing to eat and cook? Hmm. My favorite thing to cook, which is also probably how I really got my ring, is Korean fried chicken. My fiance told me, he's like, if I had to die, I want that to be my last meal. And so I actually really enjoy cooking that, especially since he spoke so highly of my food. But my favorite food to eat right now is miso soup. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm trying to like do my plant base and I just love a good miso soup. And now I've been able to make my own miso soup so I can have miso soup anytime I want. And I'm just so excited. Well, there you have it, guys. That was Chelsea Kiara Davis and Carla. I am Sahil. Thank you for listening to the Teach Law Show. That's it. We're good. Bye. Bye. <laughs>